Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. And welcome into a very special special edition of Smooth Operators, because today is the one and only legal day. that has been a 24-hour live stream of different shows, but now it's time to settle in for the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM. Greg's Ben, how are we feeling today? Dude, I'm feeling great. It's a lovely day. Feeling good, feeling great. Glad to be back once again. One of our final couple shows for yeah, the spring last, semester. Last shows of the uh, school term. Very, very excited to, come in, to be coming to y'all with some F1 news, gossip, and info. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and talk like that right out of the gate. So yeah. our opening topic was today is the changes to Mercedes. So Ooh-hoo. coming out of Mercedes this week, the title goes, George Russell teases big changes to the W14 after trying the developments in the Mercedes simulator. So currently in the constructor standings, Mercedes stands third at 56 points. They are nine points bath back of Aston Martin, Aramco, Mercedes. So Mercedes is teasing big news from George Russell coming out of the factory in Milton Keynes, uh, of Brackley, I think that's where they yeah, are. Yeah, Brackley. Um, Milton Keynes is uh, Red Bull. That's why I remember it. Um, uh, when they struggle, uh, have had eights, um, looking at kind of what they've already done. Yeah. They kind of see it, as, they saw it as a dead-end street near the end, the early season speculation. Uh, from Toto Wolf, but now um, Russell's responded by making it clear that they're working flat out to get back to their winning ways. He is quoted as saying, I mean, I don't read what's been said in all the news all the time, but you know, we're here to win. We're here to fight for victories and for the championship, and clearly we're not in a position to do that at the moment, but big changes are incoming. Naturally, you can't get things brought that quickly to the car, but I think in due course we'll see some big changes, and hopefully the lap times represent that. Yeah, so <clears throat> what what I hear from that, and there's a lot to unpack here, of course, with with obviously Mercedes has a bit of a sim driver deficiency given that Lewis doesn't actually test the cars in the sim. Um, but with with a development coming from George, George is actually, in my opinion, better at giving feedback from simulation testing than Lewis is. And that's probably why the car is more developed to his characteristics. But what we're going to see um come what's do you know when they plan on rolling out the upgrades did you see where they said that i I, imagine it should be baku um it's not saying that right now but i imagine it'll be baku to get and then go to miami the long stretch they have since it's not gonna be as long as briggs are right now yeah so i think i think they're gonna we're we're gonna see a completely different car um in terms of like side pod design and underfloor concept come imola i think they're probably gonna roll out some some consistent like upgrades like i think the first thing they're going to do is change the crash structure on that car and work towards that and i it's weird to be doing testing after the end of the mini season which is the the first three races but but they they really did pick a bad concept and they're going back on it now um the fact that they've been able to hold on to fourth is very impressive with with their flawed car but but what we'll see is we're going to see like almost an entirely new car. It's it's going to look very different visually. It's it may still be black. It may still have Mercedes, Ineos, Patronus, 
all of that on there, but it, it's going to be, it's going to be a very, very different car in terms of packaging and structuring and the side pods, especially. Within these three months, though, Ben, how much can you really change the car? Because the reason they've held on to this fourth place is uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, who maybe one day will have a sir, probably not. But how much can you really change the car to get onto their good size to where they can still drive it at a high level with the short turnaround time that has been these three weeks? Yeah, so what we're probably looking at is – a carryover from the development. They probably two took two different development paths on on making this car. So originally like their their um launch spec car was probably worked on probably mid last season and then this new spec that they're coming out with now, which is a completely different direction of um aerodynamic philosophy, was probably planned well into the well into the season last year and has been under development for some time. Um, I figured that they would change their concept. I mean, we talked about that before the season wrapped last year. I, I thought it would be as soon as launch, but they kept with it, and I was pretty surprised by that. But but what we're going to see is like a car with, with very different characteristics as well. It's going to be much more consistent and probably a little bit less pointy uh, at mid-corner which is a thing that they have had now where the car tends to like rotate towards the apex a lot faster as you're apexing than, than when you're actually on entry. So the car, the car has struggled um, throughout uh, a slow speed corner and actually mid speed too, just because of that. And they also built a particularly draggy car, so it's not great in the straights, but, but what we're going to see with that upgrade is hopefully something that is less draggy because the crash structure is going to be integrated back into the side pods and the side pods are going to come out into the profile of the car. So you'll be at, you'll actually be able to see the side pod intake on that new Mercedes versus the old one. So, I mean, they've been working on it for a long time and I think it's going to handle completely differently and I think it's going to be a change for the better. And I look forward to seeing them fighting for wins. I think they can do that with their with their new with their new spec. Key, keyword fighting, fighting. Keyword fighting, not actually not actually winning. winning. I don't think anybody is going to touch Max Verstappen this season, but they will be in the mix, and that'll be good to see. I mean, I guess they're not in the mix per se as current Mercedes standards would be, no. but like you got to think about it for this sec. I mean, it's just like again. We talked about they've lost some big engineers. They lost their one yeah. of their main aerodynamicists to Aston Martin. Yep. That which we probably was one of the reasons why we saw that decline they had from last year because as soon as he went to Aston Martin last year, we saw that decline on that Mercedes car. Yeah. We haven't really seen it with Rebel yet, just because Adrian Newey, big brain genius, still does not wasn't really needing his right hand man as much. But then again, just I mean, you're in third place right now. You're nine points behind Aston Martin. You've seen the unreliability of Lance Stroll a little bit. You saw that in mainly Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So you have to take advantage of those things where if you're Stroll is still overachieving though. I, I wouldn't I oh, wouldn't I, I wouldn't under, under I wouldn't say that, but let me say like for through, through three races that. though, one DNF does is not the greatest. No. Especially when right now it's looking like Again, without that DNF, I mean, they were going to finish a 3-4 again, you think, right? Yeah. So without that... It was probably... They were looking at a 3-5, I think, with with his stops. But, you know, continue. Sorry. But, yeah, then that that means that Mercedes isn't getting those extra points. 
Aston Martin's getting those, so then they they build that gap up a little bit. He's more, you see, what I'm trying to say, if they hang around long enough, because what we've seen in the past, the Mercedes is more a more reliable car than the Aston Martin, historically speaking. I think they don't need to change too 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 much. I mean, uh, but, under under the skin, they're almost the same vehicle. Besides, true. Besides the wheelbase and the suspension, they're the same car. So whatever reliability Mercedes has. Basically, basically, not not exactly, but basically is the same reliability that Aston Martin has. And so, like, the carryovers there are are pretty well-defined. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think in terms of driver consistency and them not pushing the cars as hard, I think that's probably more where you see the reliability come from Mercedes because Aston Martin is pushing more throughout the race because they're more behind throughout the race. And so they're in less of a comfortable position to save, maintain. And over a season, that actually does add up. So I think that has some to do with it. I think it does too, but then again, at the same time, it's just so I'm just thinking Mercedes. Just I think everything's going to smooth out a little bit. They're not going to finish yeah. third again this year, even though they – cut it close there near the end. They're not having this these major issues where we saw. I mean, even though they didn't really have major issues. I mean, Lewis Hamilton got uh, P3 at Bahrain last year, this first race of the season. But we're not seeing this big problem where they had last year. Like last year they had the the bouncing up and down. We're not seeing the porpoising this year. So yeah. they already have that figured yeah. out. Well, that's also due to regulations. Now they're, they're forced to – everybody's forced to run a higher ride height, um, which means the car doesn't really – doesn't really operate in the same way in terms of the ground effect that it used to. Um, and we we did a whole episode talking about porpoising. So if you want, um, go back and catch up with that. But the changes that they've made have actually affected the characteristics of the car. And the teams that have struggled to adapt were the ones that struggled with porpoising to begin with. And so you see, you see Mercedes being hurt. You see Ferrari being hurt by that change specifically to the ride height. With, with terms of their consistency and grip now. It, it's crazy how everything has, like, this butterfly effect in F1. Like, it's not it's not a sport where changes make immediate direct results. It's like some things that you would not have expected to change, change further down the road. It's like even with setup, like just, like, tire pressure and, and suspension and, like – little millimeter changes on the rear and front wings or adjustment to the floor, like that kind of thing can make all the difference way down the road and you just don't expect it at all. And that's what's so crazy about this sport. True, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I just still – I think they'll be okay, I think. Yeah, they'll be fine. I don't think – I mean, what changes do you think they could just potentially make? I mean, just beside like – Because, again – The Merc or at Aston? The Merc. yeah. The Merc is going to be a different car. Um, what they did was they got rid of the side pods, right? They basically tucked that right up to the car, and there is a mandatory crash structure, which they still have, but it's just exposed and sitting outside of the car now. Um, and that's what holds the mirrors. You see that weird like wing-looking thing? That's the crash structure. It's there for driver protection, basically to keep things from plowing into him. Um but that's all going to go away. And so the car the car is going to handle very, very differently. It's going to handle a lot more like the Aston Martin than 
it currently does. If that makes sense, you follow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Okay, so so it's going to be much more... I think it's going to be better at cooling because um, the intake's going to be larger and placed more outboard as opposed to right up next to the cockpit. But, yeah, I just... I think a lot, a lot is going to change. I can't tell you specifically because I haven't driven either car and I don't really know the difference, but I, I know that there's going to be a big change. But will we see that uh, change very evidently on track to the, to the naked eye? Now that I'm not sure of, I think, I think you can prop, you'll probably be able, anybody will be able to tell a difference between the car that showed up at, um, at, uh, Saudi Arabia and Australia and Bahrain, Versus the car that's going to show up in Baku. I think it's going to be visibly different. Like, you will notice. You'll go, holy cow, that's a different car. I think it's going to be that striking of a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to look a lot more like a traditional F1 car than the current car does. Uh, that car is an oddball. It really is. Like In an age where everybody's cars are so uniform and similar, it's it's nice to see that they did something crazy and even though it didn't work because all the money's behind one concept, it was it was nice to see something a little wacky. I'm a fan. All right. Well, with that, we're going to talk about something else in a minute. Is Fred Vassiro talking about Ferrari? What's he talking about? Don't worry. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to be diving into the Scuderia and what is going on over there in Italy. So do not go anywhere. We're coming back in just a second. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome in, everybody, to a, another segment of Smooth Operators. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin. Joined alongside me are Griggs Blankenberg and Noah Phillips, and we're going to talk a little bit of Ferrari technical stuff because, honestly, there's nothing else to talk about. We don't have any races. There's <laughs> had, no there's no driver contracts expiring. We're just going to talk about tech for a little bit. And Fred Vasseur... Um, recently ruled out a major concept change like what Mercedes was discussed of doing in the last segment. Um, basically, he said the car is still a contender. Am, am I wrong in saying that? It's still a contender. Yeah, it's still a contender. I still think it is. Yeah, and, and Vasseur is on your side with that. I think the car may have been hurt a little bit by their their development path away from a more Red Bull-esque concept that pretty much everybody else has adopted by now. But yeah. So what we're so what we're talking about is the um um so Fred Vassor, the uh, team principal over at the Scuderia Ferrari, is talking about plans of what's going to happen with the Ferrari. So he rules out any car concept changes. He claims that the 2023 Challenger has tons of improve room for improvement. Speaking, he goes. I quote, I think that we will have a flow of updates that will come, not at Baku, because Baku, we have the aero package with the level of downforce, and with a sprint race, it's not the easiest one. But from Miami, Emila, not Monaco, but Barcelona, each race will have an update on the car. So basically, they're saying they're not going to change the car for Monaco? Is that what they're getting yeah, at? Go get you one of them. Go get you they're one hand, of them. They're handing out, like, lanyards. Go get you one, Ben. Ben just got one. We're talking, currently Ben's getting some Pizza Hut coupons. 
Indeed, that is that is indeed what he is doing. What I think what? this is going to be the no context. What? I already got I already, one. I already got one. Me, me and Greg already got one. Yes, ma'am, I did. All right, so Ben, did you just turn that away? No, because I I got one yesterday. Uh, ben, you did get one. Yes, I did. Okay, oh, so I, thought, I thought you just pulled yes. like, oh, I'm rich. I don't need one. I have received good. complimentary breadsticks so one, from a so one of, fine establishment. One of the uh, media student media people here just was handing out like gift like cards, I guess, for free yeah. pizza breadsticks. So I think that's gonna be our no. Con- <laughs> I think that most might be, likely. Yeah. Most likely will be our no contest. Gonna get me some bread. Yeah, but. So what we were basically talking about, Ben, so it's like <laughs> back on track. So he's basically talking about they're going to have a different pack, uh, update for each race, not Baku, but Miami, Imola, and Barcelona. Why would he not – why would they not have an update really on Monaco, you think? Or, for Monaco? Yeah. Monaco's a weird track in that you don't really – your development doesn't do much for it because um, it's super low speed, it's super technical, and arrow isn't going to hurt you as much. I mean, think about Sergio Perez – Last year, driving around without half of his front wing. Or was that two years ago? Regardless. One of the years. Regardless, things like that can and will happen. And it doesn't really hurt you that much. Um, so they don't really, they're not really worried about Monaco. I think also it's not really worth fretting about because you run as much downforce as you possibly can and it's not going to hurt. Plus, the other thing is, Vassour knows that no matter what happens, Charles Leclerc will be snake bit. At Monaco, yeah. so it doesn't really matter how much you upgrade the car there. It's something wrong <laughs> is going to happen. <laughs> you just gotta assume. You gotta you just, just keep gotta it away from Chuck. Get a plan for the worst. Just keep it away from Chuck. Exactly. Let, let um let Mick Schumacher drive it. Mm, who is your Who is your test driver? Enzo Fittipaldi. Yes, I think so. Mix mix with Mercedes. Yes, he is. I'm so smart. Anyways, <laughs> but basically going off of that, he goes. I don't know if you can speak about um. Uh, he's, no, he said this. We are sticking to the plan, but we made some adjustments. I think in terms of balance and behavior, it, in quotes, the car was much better in Melbourne and will continue in this direction. I don't know if you can speak about it. Uh, speak about it's not a B car, if it's what you want to say. We won't come with something completely different. We'll continue to update this one, and we'll try to update massively. So basically what they're saying is they're not really going to change much of the actual aspect of the car, but more the yeah. technical aspect of it. But, again, looking at the, looking at the constructors right now, you got... Ferrari is in fourth. They're 30 points behind Mercedes. And then in the driver standings, their top driver is Carlos Sainz with 20 points. And then Charles Leclerc has six. So That will all change in the coming <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Longest contract in F1 history and has scored six points. But then, I mean, but both of them really. Sorry, Ferrari history, not F1 history. I'll, I'll do something rare for Noah. I'll defend Ferrari. First off, the first one was Ferrari's fault. That was the car. That was not Charles's fault. The second one, however, though, he did kind of get, was it sideswiped by someone? Wasn't it Lance Stroll, Ben? Yes, he got taken out by Lance. So, I mean, you can't really blame that. I mean, but the success of Carlos so far has been good, and that's exactly what you want to see, you know, if you're a Prancing Horse fan. True. Even though he says Charles was going to be the – do you at this point of the season? Do you still think Charles is going to finish higher than Carlos? No. Um, I mean, there's no reason to believe that's not possible. I mean, he's gotten SWAT. Uh, had, as long as the car runs fine, and he is as fast as he can be, I believe he can finish ahead of Carlos. And 
can at least find himself into the top six of the driver's standings. And I, I have no reason in my head to not believe that. I mean, I had a migraine yesterday, folks. And although my mind was cloudy, I still had in my head that uh, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc were great drivers that can lead Ferrari into getting a top, at least a win or two this season, despite the fact Red Bull is that fast. Yes. Wow. Belief. Amazing note. Ferrari fans are insane and grass is green. Absolutely. Um, Vine boom. Vine boom. Welcome to F1, everybody. Applause. Yes, Noah fought back from that migraine. We are proud of that. Just like Ferrari and Charles Leclerc are going to fight back. Yeah, I think Charles has a little headache right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, you get your – yeah, let's go – let's talk about him for a second because – after we've already talked about the car, but my word, what has he been through? He's had his watch stolen, his Richard Millet watch. Richard Meal. <laughs> Richard Meal, sorry. Worth millions of dollars, I'm pretty sure that watch was. Well, since it's his, yeah. Chased down the thieves in his Ferrari. I remember seeing the video on TikTok. I'm like, it was like an F1 account. I'm like, who? why are they posting this? I had no idea what was going on. Then I read, the, the, looked up the comments. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then somehow his address got leaked in Monaco, which is where all the drivers live. Shout out tax benefits. Hey, hey, it's not actually a tax haven. They say it's not. It's not actually. They a tax live there haven. for. They live there just because it's nice. Yeah, they live there because of the nice weather, and you can be outside all the time, and and you can see all your F one driver friends. But yeah, he he got his address leaked, so everyone was showing up to his place, asking for pictures, um, taking um, uh, wanting autographs and selfies, and he's just like, if you see me in the street, that's okay, but please do not come to my house. I'm not gonna be answering the door anymore. So honestly, shout out to him for the first thing. People, he actually opened the door for fans, and did stuff for them while they were still coming to his house. To the point where he had to write that about that. Chuck needs to He's install a, a peephole. Yeah, that's really tops to him. He he does need to install a, like a like a view window. Also, I'm pretty thing. sure if you're one get of these, get a ring, get a ring doorbell camera. Why would these top people not have like a door a doorman at the, their apartment places? Like, I mean, excuse me, we are question. excuse me, we are here to see uh, Charlemagne Leclerc. We are uh, UPS. Actually, it's <laughs> it's it's DHL. Um, we're here to deliver the DHL fastest pit stop award to Charles. Can you let us in, please? Let him in. Mm, yeah, but beam him up. Hello, we are. But yeah, that's, that's actually. Yeah, like, what is their his doorman doing? I mean, I get if they're like standing outside his like apartment, like on his balcony or something like that. But <laughs> if they're actually getting into his building, there's something going wrong. Where we need to might check this person's account, see if they're just letting people up for the Dude, fun of it. I didn't even like. Think about the fact that apartment complexes even have doormen. I've just never lived in a city before, and that concept is totally foreign to yeah, me. My friends, Dothan, Alabama, is a city. What do you mean? Okay, Ayrton. Yeah, this my, the picture on my credit card is. I took this from my friend's building. It's like the forty fourth floor. Wow. Uh, they have a they have like a bunch. Of, they have like a few doormen down there. It's crazy. They'll like actually like open it for you. Like they have to come down and get you. It's like a a scene out of like um uh Jesse movie. Oh. Jesse, sure. same thing. Where like they had the doorman stuff. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. We're getting off topic. I'm so out of it right out now. Out of context. We have so many out of context for today. But I think Ferrari's making it right. There's no need for 
a drastic entire car change, similar to the second half of the season, Aston Martin last year, where they basically looked like the green Red Bull. Yep. So there's no need for that. I mean, again, because most of their problems have been engine and driver, driver, not Charles, other driver error. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm not raising the. I'm not raising any red flags yet for this one. Unlike the Australian Grand Prix, I'm not raising red flags. I'm not going to – yeah, no red <laughs> flags No red flags being raised. No alarms need to be sound, sounded just yet. I think really if I was on the inside at Ferrari, I'd just say, hey, let's keep working on our package. Let's keep making sure the aerial works well and find things that can be improved. Um, you know, obviously you always have the risk of going backwards, especially if your engineers are Italian. <laughs> um, but I think I think what they can do is they can make the car, you know, faster. Make it go fast. Um, fast car. I think it needs more red paint as well. I, th- I think it needs to be a little bit more yellow, maybe some green. No. Some purple, maybe. Ben's no. got a good concept. Hey, no. I would like to see some white, green, and red, like no. like what they did on the cars in uh, 2019 with. Was that Sebastian no. Vettel's year? Yeah, the one, the Sebastian Vettel years had the like super cool numbers on the back that remind me of the seventies, and I want those to come back. That'll make the cars faster. They will make the cars faster, Noah. They will. We or prom- you remove we all promise. the sti- or you remove all the stickers. Your choice. Um, see if you paint more of the car red though, mm. it'll be heavier. If you put flames on the side, <laughs> oh okay, then it goes. Flames on the side make any car go faster. I'll I mean, stop you right there. If you put flames on your left and right side, then a racing stripe down the middle, you telling me that doesn't make your car faster? I mean, he, the man's got a point. Dude, you want to know something wild, though, that is F1 related? Back in the ni- er, 90s and early 2000s, Jordan, this team, had a bright yellow car with shark teeth on it. That's awesome. It's That's so, so sick. Cool. It had shark teeth. Now tell me, shark teeth doesn't make your car go faster? Yeah, it but had like are the, it had like fast. the evil eye and everything. Certain sharks are, are fast. Yeah, like they're I mean, out of water though. No, no, no. You know, like you know, like the uh, like World War II planes that have the teeth painted on them. Yeah, because those were like planes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sharks can fly. You ever seen Sharknado? They can fly. They also can go racing. Yeah, but that's on that's on land though. Yeah, land sharks. Oh, mm, he, mm, got me. Mm. he got me. He got me good. That is going to do it for our segment on the Scuderia. When we come back, sticking with that Mercedes topic, it's about Alpine this time. Alpine's talking about their plans for Baku. They're eyeing down the competition, trying to get into the top of half of the table. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the Bradley Basin studio on Legal Day, folks. This is Smooth Operators. I can't remember what we're going to be talking about for this next segment, even though I made the graphics. Oh, it's Alpine. Alpine. It took me 20, I I swear to you, it took me like 30 seconds to find their logo, which is like 25 more than it usually does. (laughs) Stud. Logo finding stud. It's just an A, man. Google yes. Google images are excellent. Valid. Sh- shout out McLaren. Chrome. Thanks, Chrome. guys. Chrome. 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 They need more colors on the wheels. We've already talked about this before, though. Please, no. 
Yes. That makes the car faster. That does. If you add more wheels, the chrome wheel is spinning more. That means it's going faster. Anyway, uh, what we're talking about in this one is the Alpine aiming to take flight to Mercedes with Baku and Miami upgrades coming. So currently in the constructor standings, we're looking there for the third time today already. Mercedes sit third in the constructor standings with Alpine sitting in sixth with eight points. They're behind McLaren. That was yep. kind of cool after that, after the French Revolution that happened on the track at Australia where Pierre Gasly and... French Revolution? That was more like a French Civil War. Basically. Where the two French drivers for Alpine took each other out of the race. A little bit of a uh, multi-21 meltdown, potentially, what it was. Yes, no. I'm sorry. Yes. What? I, or no, what they... Where they, uh, where Ricardo and Verstappen hit in uh, Baku. Oh, oh, no, that was not multi twenty one. No, that was the multi twenty one was a Vettel and someone else, right? Mark Webber. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, so Alpine are setting their sights on breaking the current, uh, breaking into F 1s current top form, and they are looking to challenge Mercedes with the upcoming upgrades over the coming two races. Rose from Alpine rose from fifth to fourth in last year's constructor standings, but have a. But a steady start to the 23-23 season has left them sixth overall behind McLaren, Ferrari, Mercedes, and the much-improved Aston Martin and Red Bull. So if we kind of see how it kind of ends at the end of the year, if the top three end up being the same as it always is, or the past couple of the last year, where it was Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari in, in a random order like that, yep. it's going to be harder for these teams in the midfield who rely on that money is now with that Aston Martin being up there. So yeah. It's it's taken a big chunk out of their pay, <laughs> especially especially Alpine and McLaren. Like like they used to be, they were fourth and fifth, and now Aston's third, bumping Mercedes down to fourth. And Mercedes has that residual funding from the past two seasons finishing well, but Alpine and McLaren both um, are gonna be a lot a lot of like a stack of prize money down from. Aston Martin, which is absolutely wild given that Aston Martin finished seventh in the constructors. It just goes to show that money isn't everything. You have to build a good car still, and Aston showed up. Alpine, you need to show up at Baku. I I honestly don't think taking down Mercedes should have been their goal um, because taking down Mercedes is a bit too low of a goal. Um, I think they should be gunning at Ferrari at this point um, in terms of pace and speed. But, I mean, Mercedes right now being a clearly defined third, um, in terms of points, but not performance, is going to be very interesting just to watch Alpine Alpine trying to hit that goal because Mercedes is also planning on improving. Ferrari is also planning on improving. Aston Martin's going to continue improving as well. So it's like I, I really think that Mercedes is a little bit too low of a shot because everybody else is about to get better as well. Mm-hmm. I get why they want to challenge Mercedes because if Things kind of shape out how they are probably at the end of the year. I mean, that's the team that's most likely to finish third. I think Ferrari can come back and overtake Mercedes. Very possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I doubt McLaren will stay in fit as the position is in right now. So I imagine that's who you want, I think, kind of aim for right now. Yeah. I mean, and in terms of pace, uh, McLaren's pretty much a well-defined seventh place. Um, just looking at, looking at the uh, graphics from the race. But what he's mainly talking about is after ho- taking home two points from the Bahrain opener, a strong display on the streets of Jeddah saw Esteban Alcon and Pierre Gasly lock at double points finish with the latter also running in the top five for much of the last race in Australia. 
However, during a clash during the final scene, he restarted Albert Park, cost them their best result of the campaign so far. Emmett McLaren will able to jump ahead of them, which are their midfield rivals. If you don't remember watching Driver Survive this past year, McLaren and Alpine, they don't really like each other too much right now, mainly because yeah. of the Oscar Piastri drama that has unfolded. Not as much no, any as much. more, but no. still, nonetheless, um, they um, they need to find a way to get past Mercedes in uh, – uh oh boy, I'm gonna try to have a hard time to pronounce his name. Um is it still Otmar? Otmar staff now? Yeah, Otmar says that uh we can fight and talk about Mercedes. Um we can think we can fight them, he commented. We have two we have a two have a decent size upgrade coming for Baku and a little bit more only a week later in Miami, so we continue to push the upgrades out. So, but yep. the important thing is that they will all work when we put them on the cars and we have a good correlation with our simulation tools. We had good correlation last year, and if that continues, if we continue to push the upgrades, then we'll take the development fight over the season to the others around us. That's a whole lot of nothing. But you know what they also have, been? What do they have? They have a three-star environmental accreditation from the FIA. Yuck. You tell me that doesn't help you out on track. Yuck. What, Griggs? I'm just not the biggest fan of Earth Day. Reminds me of Earth Day. I'm, I'm really... Well... Were, were you also mad when they turned off your Nickelodeon? You heard they it. told you to go outside? No, I... You heard it here first, folks. Griggs hates the great outdoors. I do not hate the great outdoors. I do not like Earth Day. Just plain and simple. We don't need to get into that. Though, I don't need... Okay, so in other breaking news, um, Mike Elliott has now been swapped with James Allison as technical director at Mercedes. This has happened two hours ago, so this is brand new breaking news uh, from the race.com. Um, Mercedes's reshuffle of senior Formula One technical personnel reappoints someone, James Allison, who was wary of reaching his shelf life two years ago. Allison is back in command of the F1 technical team on a day-by-day basis after less than two years in the role of chief technical officer. So what that means So how does is, that affect Alpine? Uh <laughs> That affects Alpine because affect James LeBron's Allison. Legacy? That affects Alpine because James Allison is the guy who was the one responsible for Mercedes winning six years in a row. That's that guy. Wow. And he's now back in charge after Mike Elliott, who was his right hand man. They swapped jobs. Yeah, for a because bit. then Lewis Hamilton gave Mike Elliott an ultimatum. Pretty much. Yeah. And then Mike Elliott said, "Okay, you know what, you James, you deal with Lewis. I am going to do your job now." And so they have swapped roles. What's interesting is because. This affects Alpine in multiple ways. James Allison's leadership style is very different than Mike Elliott's, and their engineering um, backgrounds are also very different. So what you could see is actually Mercedes coming back in an even more resounding way than what we thought originally. I didn't know that they had made that change, but that's a big deal, and that does affect Alpine because their goal at hitting Mercedes is now going to be a lot further out of reach. That's exciting stuff. But, again, with uh, on Alpine's, Stuff. I mean, what upgrades do they really need to have to just? Because again, like you said, everyone's going to be bringing upgrades these next couple races, just because they've had that much time off in between races. I mean, I mean, I imagine their upgrades will be different for Baku, and then they'll add a little more for Miami. But what do they really need to add? From what do you both see that? I mean, they've had some decent results from what we kind of expected from them so far. It's just that double crash really hurt them. Yeah. Um. I think I think really what we're looking for is, I mean, like Otmar said, and this is not a lot of anything, but what what they're looking for is just overall performance improvements um, in terms of aerodynamics. And also they are responsible for developing their own engine. So 
unlike unlike some of the other teams in their position in the midfield, they are their own engine manufacturer. So they're a full, well-rounded constructor, which means they also have to do what they can to make the engine better. Um, pretty much it's frozen towards, at this point in the season, um, they can't really make any improvements other than reliability upgrades at this point. So I doubt it'll matter too much, but it's a, it's a possibility that they could also improve their engine and power delivery as well. So a lot of big upgrades, hopefully, for Alpine. A lot of big upgrades for all the teams really coming. I mean, yeah. I imagine Red Bull will change a little bit, but if it ain't broke, really, that's not really the case in F1. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, but yeah. you have to always just have to keep upgrading a little bit more. Usually in F1, it's if it ain't broke, iterate and make more mm-hmm. and make more better. Yes. That's kind of that's kind of how it goes. I mean, they've had what 3 weeks to improve these cars? Yeah. That's a, that's all the time and that you need apparently. I guess so. 3 weeks and you're ready to go. I mean, hey. I'm on board with that. Give them 3 weeks and they'll build a new car at Mercedes. That's crazy. Ricky yeah. Bobby once <clears> ripped <throat> off his cast and got in that car of that Wonderbread car and got her on that track even though he had that arm messed up. Even though he, he did was the, scared of the he fire. Was scared. The cougar in the car. You, had to over, you have to drive with your fear. Exactly. You have to drive with your fear after making a new car in three. How do you know? How do you do that, man? Three weeks. Three weeks to get some fiberglass and some engines together, and you come out with a new. Man, wish I could do that. I'm out here struggling to pass business 2010. I'm <laughs> up here struggling to stay awake some i just couldn't sleep last night i don't get it yeah i couldn't either it's because i was thinking about f1 and how i'm still upset that we have to wait longer and it's almost summer i know i know it's it's crazy at least we'll have miami and baku to cover before before we're done um i think that that'll be really exciting at least baku will be i'm not really sure about miami miami tends to be pretty boring Tends you best to be. start learning how to have a fake yacht, buddy. I can't. Oh, they're gonna put real water in there this time. That's W. All right, that's. that's w. We already won right there. That's real water again. is coming. W, W. Yep, yep, yep. W, 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 W. I'm all over that. It's exciting. Very exciting. Um, what else? What how else? do people afford yachts? <clears throat> That doesn't mean make any sense. How do you even afford a fake yacht? With money. How do y'all have money, man? With with money. Just don't make any sense, man. <laughs> I'm so surprised Alpine got a uh, FIA three-star environmental accreditation. I'm not really sure. I guess they're responsible with stuff. As long as you don't have, like, an oil manufacturer in your title sponsor, I think they give you that. <laughs> 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 so, not Ferrari, Aston Martin, Mercedes. Boo, Ferrari. Boo. I'm kidding. We hey, like we Ferrari. Got jail. I'm kidding. We like jail Ferrari. Ferrari. No jail, jail Ferrari. Ferrari. Do not jail Ferrari. Do not, do not jail Ferrari. Ferrari Speaking of Ferrari jail. and denying stuff, science's appeal was denied by the FIA. What does that even mean? <laughs> We're going to talk about that more in the coming up in the last segment. Do not go anywhere. Our last segment of the show on our last segment of Weagle Day. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators right here on Weagle 91.1 FM.
And welcome back in into Weagle Day. I don't know why these two are laughing here, but folks, we are so mean. We are about to be talking about the one and only Carlos Sign. Appeal got dropped by the FIA, just like Ben is about to. If you don't stop making fun of me during the breaks, just like Noah's appeal is about to get dropped by his business teacher. Don't say that. (laughs) We're going off the rails. I'm not specifying. Science maintains Australian Grand Prix penalty is too disproportionate after Ferrari's appeal dismissed by the FIA. So if you do not recall, Ferrari appealed. Carlos Science late literally race, made another lap to give Science a penalty. <laughs> late race Australian Grand Prix penalty was dismissed on Tuesday. The Spanish driver took the social media to voice his disappointment, adding he is 100% focused on the next race. In Azerbaijan, if you do not recall what the penalty was for, Science clashed with compatriot. Fernando Alonso in a late restart at Albert Park in Australia, costing the Ferrari driver a five-second penalty, which, with the amount that the field was bunched together, dropped him from P4 to P P12. At when Ben is looking at the ceiling right now, I'm good. Are you okay, Ben? I'm good. Keep going. Um, from P4 to P12 and out of the points, the Spaniard cut a frustrated finger in the post raced interview, and then Ferrari appealed the decision, and the FIA just decided to uphold science's penalty. So there is that. Uh, yeah, so that's tough for Carlos. Obviously, the way the FIA handled um, the entire situation was very um, frustrating for him. Um, you know, like, if you don't want penalties, just don't crash into people when it's your fault, buddy. Um, I get why you'd be. I get why he'd be disappointing though, uh, especially because the lap didn't count. So why would the penalty count? Uh, I think he has a point. He exactly. really does. Exactly. Um, I will Abby, make Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one reference. No, all those laps counted. Those are all racing laps. But um, <laughs> that still was a mistake there. But uh, that aside, um, really, really, it is it is surprising to me to to see that they didn't. They didn't at least hear him out. They just dropped his appeal. They were like, "No, we're not gonna, we're not, t- we're not going back to this. We're not talking about it." Even though there hasn't been a race that's happened in between, and it the lap that he was on, sad. the lap that he was on wasn't even a racing lap when they handed him the penalty. So why does it matter? He didn't even cause the red flag. It's it's crazy. Ben sympathizing with Ferrari. Wow. It kind of reminds me of a basketball incident that happened last night when uh, Joel Embiid kicked a guy, and then James Harden got a- ejected for pushing a dude off of him like pushing him out of his way it's it's just very it doesn't make any sense it's like like who was it Ga- neither Gasly or Alcon got penalties um neither it's did because neither it is did a Stroll. grand conspiracy against the Ferrari fandom by the FIA it goes straight to the top except Ferrari is the top not gonna start till we get the top was that High School Musical? I don't know. I've never seen it. I remember hearing that lyric, though. I, I, I think applied. it is. I thought it applied to this. Well, I'm sorry, dear listeners, that Griggs has referenced High School Musical today. I've never seen it. At least he hasn't seen it. Um, Very sorry about that, dear. My dear, dear listeners. My, my your, sweet children. Yeah, your, your good friend, Ben McClurkin. My good friends. My babies. I'm sorry. Ayo what? Ayo. Ayo. Anyway, anyway, can we anyway. just talk about how Carlos Sainz is being struck down by the FIA for no reason because they are trying to reprimand Ferrari for something they did that we don't <laughs> know about. 
that wasn't even their fault. Maybe because they're not grade three environmentally certified or whatever. Is that the new punishment they're having for them? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, guys. You don't get this participation trophy. (laughs) Sorry, guys. You're sponsored by Shell. (laughs) You best start learning how to speak environmentally friendly, buddy. Yeah. Who gives Alpine their fuel? Uh, Don't they all use the same fuel? No, no, no. So it's not like that. Nat- so they all use different fuel? Yeah, they all use different fuels. So hmm. Mercedes AMG Petronas. Petronas is an oil company that makes their fuel. Shell makes custom fuel specifically for Ferrari engines. Is Sunoco the same, still the one for NASCAR, Noah? Sunoco is, yes. Yes. The official correct. fuel of NASCAR. Mm. Um, but Nobody there's, else wants to go to that gas station. There's anyway. several official fuels. <laughs> yeah, Sunoco's are always kind of sketchy. Um. But, but you didn't hear that from us. You did not hear that from us. Um, but there, there are several fuel sponsors. Um, Aramco for Aston Martin. Ajip used to be a sponsor for Ferrari, but now they're on Shell. Um, I remember BP used to sponsor. That didn't age well. Um, there's just a ton of stuff like, like that uh, in terms of fuel. And I guess Alpine doesn't have one. Anyways, off of gas which is getting more expensive. Um, let's talk a little bit about about that penalty. Um, what do y'all think? How do y'all think that FIA should have handled it? I mean, it was a little harsh, but then again, the five second just happened just because usually this wouldn't be a scene as this dramatic in other races because, A, it was, again, as Ben was saying, it was so bunched up where a five second just proved so costly. And this, yeah. I mean, he finished last in the race. He probably would have finished further down if more cars were still there. Yeah. I mean, that was... Oof. I get why. Like, I mean, the five-second penalty is... That is standard. Warrant, it is standard. It is warranted. And warranted. The problem with him, though, is just because they didn't have enough laps to build up a gap or anything like that from yeah. anyone. That's also, why it kind of... That's why it hurt him a lot more. And also, like I said, the lap wasn't a racing lap. Everybody went back to their starting positions, and then they handed him the penalty after everybody was reset. So the lap didn't count, so why should the penalty? That's a good point. But, again, like, as you said, though, it's standard. They're, they want to be seen as people who can, like, as it's not like all the penalties are different for all of these different scenarios. They want to be kept, keep it as, like, clean as yeah. it can be. Yeah, but there really was no precedent for that, like an incident happening immediately after another incident on a restart. Like, that that doesn't really normally happen, especially if you red flag and then reset, like rinse, repeat. Basically, everybody goes back to the way they were. I mean, it worked out for Fernando, but I mean, a lot of people got got in pretty deep trouble for that. Uh, looking at you, Haas, and, and do you not disrespect America like that, then Haas and Ferrari all had a right to appeal to that, and I think they really should have been heard out more. I don't know if they necessarily reached a conclusion other than we're right and you're wrong, which doesn't seem like a very equitable solution in this scenario. Well, they had to get ready for this next race in Baku. They only had three weeks to get ready for it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess they had to, like, pack up real quick and get out of there. I don't even know. I bet it was just Michael Massey being there that made all the people intimidated. <laughs> so they were like, we got to get no. right. Michael, no. No, Michael. <laughs> That's not right. That's, That's not so Michael. not right. <laughs> Michael, check your email. No, that Michael. Very, that race was very Massey-esque, though. Oh, yeah. It had. Awesome. I loved Australia. <sighs> it was great. Honestly, bring back Michael Massey. Yes, bring back. Any final thoughts on 
Carlos Sainz, Ferrari, any F1 topics for today? Well, I, I would like to close with saying that if there's another red flag, I'm just going to turn off racing. I'm just going to go to bed. Also, um, if you if you feel so inclined, watch the Indy 500. It's coming up. Is it this week? No. Uh, it's a couple more weeks. It's in two weeks. Before but we get Christmas for motorsports fans. Oh, it's the best week. Isn't it's it? So it good. doesn't it go Monaco, Indy, Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. Charlotte, baby, race capital of the world. Charlotte, I've never been. Roval. Charlotte six hundred, baby. Nothing like the Coca Cola six hundred. Roval racing, baby. And with that, that is going to do it for our show today. We want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for all the Weagle Day listeners as well. We'll be back again same time next week. We'll also hopefully have some more updates on our summer uh, show ideas for this upcoming summer uh, by the time for this next show. But I think we got two more shows left, so don't go anywhere. If you missed any of today's show, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform. But until next week, for Noah Phillips, Ben McClurkin, I'm Greg Swankenberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend, and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.